0: Hey everyone welcome to disrupting our practice i'm shannon patterson
1: and i'm greg flynn this podcast is for white-bodied leadership and organization development consultants facilitators coaches and trainers
0: this is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of how we practitioners can disrupt our practices those practices where we are unwittingly perpetuating racism oppression and harm And it's all in service to being able to co-create a culture of equity, justice, and healing. So we live in a world that truly works for everyone.
1: Thanks for joining us as we work to disrupt our practice.
0: Hey, Greg. Hey, Shannon. (laughs) I feel like we start these things laughing a lot. Good. (laughs) Yeah, it is good. (laughs) Good. uh pleasure to be with you on this monday morning
1: yeah yeah likewise likewise and uh yeah i'm i'm excited is the right word but i feel like there's a lot of a lot of energy behind the topic we wanted to get into today and indeed yeah yeah. should we check in first
0: sure you want to go first
1: sure do you have a check-in question we hadn't talked about that at all. Uh,
0: how about the one we used last week? I it's a, it's a sweet question. What's happening underneath the surface of your life, Greg?
1: Ooh, because <laughs> you know so just, it's you know just it's kind of here,
0: like yeah, check-in question
1: over over. Uh, you know the, the kind of question it, you'd ask the cashier at the at this grocery store. Um, no.
0: So we're going to interrupt next slide culture, which we're going to talk about right yeah, now in yeah. this moment. So I would love to know what's happening underneath the surface of your life just a bit.
1: There's a, there's a lot moving, I think. I think a lot of what's happening under the surface really is, is grief in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I'm sitting with some grief that came up for me after the workshop we went to last week. Um, with Aaron and the and his family, the holistic resistance grief to action crew and hmm. and the the grief I was experiencing, not just from the material that was presented around lynching, but around the the absence of white males in the mm. in the workshop. Mm-hmm. There was definitely, yeah, something there for me that felt very much like a huge question of like what what does it take? And mm. I've been sitting in it, the, sitting in a question of like what are the what are people ready for in some ways, and what are white men mm-hmm. ready for? And that's been a big question that's up for me. And then you know, and then there's grief that's related to stuff happening in my. My family, specifically my wife's family, mm. and um, yeah, so that's that's present. It feels like an undercurrent that lives within you know within me. It's not uh, a it's not taking me out. It's just present, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. trying to be with that kind of energy more in a conscious way. Yeah, um, I think than I have in the past. So mm. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That undercurrent. Yeah. I like knowing that it's there and, um, you know, just having that, yeah, having that spoken so that it has space and you have space for that, you know, however it might emerge. And even in our work together, like, Hey, I don't, I can't have our meeting now or I can't do this conversation now. I have to tend to other things. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. How about you? What's what's under the surface of your life?
0: Hmm. You know, I think I well, I resonate in different ways with what you said. There was a lot that that weekend with uh Aaron and his family, and you know, both the song circle and then the you know inquiry and grappling with the lynching material that brought up that brought up so much. And as you were talking, I was thinking. You know, I I think I go to well, I was thinking about the song circle and I went to longing, you know, just a longing for knowing different ways of being in community, of of being together, of, of being intimate, of having having more ways of being that that just don't involve, you know, talking all the time. I had a very mm-hmm. heavy talk family and our culture is very talk oriented and cognitively oriented and, you know, so I just feel an awareness of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, there's grief under there. Just also watching the longing as a turn, you know, not wanting that to turn into like a consumption energy of Mm -hmm. other folks, cultures and ways of being and like how to really. So just sit in that question. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, the lynching material brought up stuff but because there was so much, um, support needed to help people process that in a somatic way. Like that material kept getting lost. So what's under the surface for me was mm-hmm. what you just said, which is what are people ready for? Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially the spaces that you and I tend to work in, which is, you know, organizational mm-hmm. culture and we're about to talk about next slide. So I'm just sitting with that question of like, what are people ready for? What am I ready mm-hmm. for?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And um, it's almost like a cocoon, like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. There's like struggle mm-hmm. that that's happening for transformation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what's under the surface.
1: <laughs> mm, so appreciate all that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I can resonate with that longing as well and the concern around consumption. I noticed that in myself in the, the song circle, how the song circle was um, being led by this, these amazing singers who actually have a history of performing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we, we found out during the weekend that in some weird way that like I had actually seen them perform in 2011. <laughs> Which is oh, super right. bizarre, um but like how easy it is to, to tip that into performance and be like, oh, look at these this these wonderful singers and their culture, and they're singing a lot of music that's actually, and they're inviting us to sing a lot of music that is actually rooted in um the black struggle and you know uh, uh the mm-hmm. experience of um enslaved people's singing songs that came out of that struggle and working, you know, fighting to keep themselves alive. And so there's a, there's a, a really strange thing that can happen internally there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not you know. entertainment.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And it continues to be a way to sustain and connect during the struggles. Right. That yeah. are as life threatening as ever. Uh, they just shifted. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And, there's just a and, lot to be with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then when you're talking, you know, coming back to this question of what are people ready for? And I even actually, as I was, like, when we first started this check-in, I was like, oh, what a great check-in question. And, like, I had this kind of thought stream around teams using questions like this, you know, in organizations to... Because, I mean, the reality is, like, when we're working with people, when we're working on teams and groups there's stuff in the room. Like there's likely going to be somebody who's suffering something, somebody who lost someone, someone who's afraid and maybe they're near bankruptcy. Like we don't know what's going on a lot of the times with our coworkers or our colleagues and, and it's in the room and like, wouldn't it be nice to tend to that? But then this question of like, are we actually ready Mm -hmm. to do that? And how, the the the, the pushback we often get when we introduce check-in questions or like pr- bringing personal stories in is like, is there a wisdom in those defenses, in that moment, and I'm starting as you could learn like as you can guess I'm st- I'm I'm in more questions now about like what is the slowdown what's the what's the right elevation, you know, mm. um, and so is even that check-in question too much, some for for some folks or a lot of folks.
0: Yeah. I think it's so important to track that, you know, for ourselves and to ask ourselves and like, what do we know of a group? You know, what's our journey with them? Why do we know about their journey with each other when we bring that question into a space, you know, and I'm thinking we asked it like in a LinkedIn learning together, you know, one of our lunch and learn sessions. And, you know, I also trust that people can, you know, mm. self-disclose appropriately. I mean, mm. not always, and not all the time. I've certainly sure. <laughs> seen that not happen. Um, you know, so we do those little, little opportunities, you know, and that, that deep in the room, mm. yeah. even when we did it then, and it was like, yeah, people have come in with st- stuff, yeah. you know, and yeah. our humanity and just witnessing, acknowledging our humanity a teeny yeah. bit yeah makes us ready for not always saying next slide so we should um give some context about this next slide topic we're in
1: yeah let's right? talk about it
0: let's talk about it. so what do we mean? so I'll do my my memory of that and sort of what I've taken it on to mean, which is I mean there was a very specific story that Aaron was telling us about this um, which I which is important, but I think more, you know, just to not retell his stories, his story. Um, yeah. Right. But like when, when we've been in workshops or we've been in, you know, group, group things where something, a moment of humanity happens, mm-hmm. right. Or you can sense that, that people's humanity is like right there and, and I think we have a sense of that. And for a lot of folks, it brings up discomfort. And so then what we say is we're like, okay, next slide. Mm-hmm. And we go by that moment. We go by that person. So that's how I'm thinking about it in a more, um, I don't know, abstract or conceptual sense. And I'm curious, Greg, what you would kind of add into that as an idea. Next slide culture.
1: I would, what I would add into it is like the, if the tending to the thing that emerges would take us quote unquote off script or off the agenda or off, or it would, would open up a part of the agenda to push part, push the rest of it forward and out off the page because we run out of time. Right. That's often the case is what we're dealing with is time. Right. I know in our work, you know, and, and for other facilitators, I'm sure can can relate to this. Is you know everybody wants the thing done in the shortest amount of time as possible, right? You know? So, and they what, measure success
0: what, by did you make it through the agenda?
1: Yeah, and so it's like what what should have been a full day gets whittled down to two and a half hours because that's what they're willing to give. And so it's like, okay, that's, we're going to do everything we can with this two and a half hours. And so then it's like, now I've got to cram, (laughs) you know, all this material and all these conversations into this two and a half hour period. And if something happens in the check-in, I mean, a great example, right. If we use that check-in question and there's somebody in the room who what's under the surface is something that maybe is actually related to what's going on in the room and opens up what would be a conversation that, makes the next thing on the agenda, like actually, uh, either obsolete or, um, uh, bit dangerous or like any, any number of things, then to actually slow down and actually attend to that becomes a situation where we're looking at, we don't even get our two and a half hours, you know, and right. Yeah, and so next slide becomes kind of like, can we push that aside? Move on. Move on, like parking lot that, or that's not in scope for the conversation.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think, Greg, of a conversation we were having in a community of practice a couple weeks ago about the can of worms.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, You know, and even just thinking about the culture, like the parking lot or next slide culture or... Um, we don't want to open up the can of worms or that stuff is too woo-woo, or um I have a client that will say, Well, you know, this isn't group therapy, you know, so it's like, well, no, but there are humans who have some feelings to express. Uh, so I think of, you know, whenever it feels like we might get into feelings and then it gets right into like what are we ready for? And then what do we have the capacity? Both as facilitators, you know, we have to Mm -hmm. be aware of our own capacity and our own skill set and our own, like, do we have ways of holding people's emotions, right? right? And then, okay, so we can help the group hold this, you know, hold emotions. Um, But it really does become a, I think it's, I want us to be able to, I want to disrupt next slide culture. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so then I sit around thinking, what does that, what does that mean? And I, I, I can be, I can be the one to say, okay, next slide. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's wisdom and sometimes it's avoidance. And like, so starting with myself, like where, what, what do I need in myself and in my own capacity to, disrupt next slide culture.
1: I think, yeah, I mean, this is, I think exactly it. And I, you know, you've talked about this when you just said, you know, as facilitators, what's our capacity to hold what's happening. And I think some of that comes down to, I mean, there's, there's, there's things like experience and skills and trainings and, you know, like processes and, um, you know, it's whether that be like explicit things like you're, at, and, and and I think we get wrapped up around this stuff too, right? Like in this guy, maybe is tied to culture of white supremacy stuff around qualifications or what's qualified. Like, you know, I can only do things that I'm certified in. Right. Or I can only do things that I've taken X, you know, kinds of workshops. in, as opposed to also recognizing like, well, actually I've also been in like eight years of group somatic therapy and have in, in that experience actually because of where I am in the group been a part of holding spaces in that group, I can actually utilize that energy or that capacity in this space. Right. Um, But also not only is it related to those experiences and capacities, but it's also related to our trauma story and what takes us out and getting ahead of our own story of where our own traumas of, the discomfort that gets brought up in a group and our family material can come online real fast Mm -hmm. in a a situation where somebody's opening up and somebody else is saying, no, shut it down. Right. And all of a sudden we're like, that was me. I was the one on the receiving end of shut it down. And so I start to freeze and shut down and now I don't have the ability to actually safely hold this thing. So maybe it is wisdom to move to next slide, but even, Am I am I aware of that? Am I tracking that, or am I just shutting? Am I now participating in the shutdown, contributing now to the ongoing, um, uh, the ongoing dynamics of what I'm actually tr- here to facilitate? You know, and like becoming yeah. um, now I'm a member of the family who's telling the person who is the one who receives the shut. You know what I mean? Like it just it perpetuates itself.
0: Yeah, it sure does. I find myself thinking about. Um thinking about titration right or the the what we were talking about with the what's happening under the surface of your life question, and how to how can we disrupt next slide culture you know before we're ever in the middle of a two and a half hour work, workshop on how's how are things going in this team you know in all the little moments I think that's why you and I like check in or invite people to. Hey, how is our how is your capacity? Or little moments where things happen and we can say, hey, I know we're supposed to move on, but let's just take 10 minutes. And sounds like we're on a thread of appreciation around a great project that you all just did together. You know, let's let's real quick just spend 10 minutes with that and move on. So I think for myself thinking about that and doing that in my own life, you know, what are the things that I'm on a on a course and there doesn't seem to be room and this happened between you and I a few weeks ago, you know, where I wouldn't tend to, I wouldn't tend to, I was just in next slide, you know, and it mm-hmm. felt like crap. So mm-hmm. to you and to me. And, you know, so just noticing those things too, where I need to slow down and be with myself and it doesn't have to be a big, huge process where I go away for two weeks on retreat, you know, it can just be like, you know, walk around the block and yeah, uh, look at the sky.
1: Yeah, Yeah. take a reset, you know, check in, just everybody just check in, notice what's happening in your body.
0: Yeah. I think it's the, you know, you and I were talking the other day, I'm working slowly but surely on writing about what do we mean by building capacity and how it's not just mindfulness and it's not just emotional intelligence and it's not just empathy, though those are all involved. But really going to that idea of um, like, how is my nervous system doing? And can I regulate myself, you know, more, not from just my head, but from like a whole body experience. And
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's what I find myself thinking about and why, you know, disrupting next slide culture is more than just another activity or process. It's not just that, Mm. right? It's like a, I don't know. I don't even know what you call that, a somatic practice. But even that, you know, it's so multidimensional, I think, for me, what it means to have the ground or the capacity to skill, awareness, all the things, to be like, oh, let, let me go regulate myself. Like, I know what that means, and I can go do it and be comfortable. And I think that means being able to be in discomfort for a while. I think it's not always about, Mm -hmm. um, let me go make myself feel better. Uh Right. So if I'm, if like you're saying grief is up, I can, I can go and I can be with the grief. I can give the grief space. It's not about always feeling better. Right. Why did you say it's like that thing you said to that person in your group, it's about feeling more.
1: Yeah. I was just about to say that, tell that story of like, you know, the host facilitating a circle and at the end of it, a guy coming up to me and saying that was, that was a great circle, but I have to say, I don't feel better. You know, and my response to him was, uh, I get that, you know, and personally, my goal isn't to always find a way to feel better. It's to find a way to feel more. Yeah. And I I mean, this was a men's thing, right? So it's like very, particular and like i think this is true about men is we tend to feel less typically than right than women do just b- because of our in, you know culture in the way we're conditioned and you know i always ask the question of men like when was the first time somebody told you to stop crying mm-hmm. and that's and, uh, and like to a man to universally it's like yep i have that memory you know and wow um, yeah and so that plays a, that sort of thing plays a role in it and then you know, there's this other thing that is true, I think, in organizations just in general, which is like this idea of professionalism and like what we're here yep. to do and like we're here for work, you know. And the thing I always say to, to folks, you know, is, you know, you don't have two nervous systems. It's not like when you get to work, you know, you go to the locker in the, in the whatever employee, whatever in the employee locker room and, and right. like drop off your like personal nervous system and pick up your at work nervous system. So right. I think, have you ever seen that show Severance? No. No, have you heard about this show? It's on Apple TV. No. It's Adam Scott's show. And it's this, real quick. So it's this uh, it's this show where people, they go for, to work for this company and then they have this like thing that happened. They, they do this like split in their brain. And when they go to work, they can't remember their life outside of work. And then when they leave the office, they can't remember their job, right? So they literally are like split. And the two, and and I think it's it's, what's interesting about it is it's actually kind of pointing at this, right? And there's this, so there's this idea that like, well, if you can't think about your your work at life, you can't even remember it, then you'll just be able to be this great employee who's just always focused on things. And if you can't remember your work when you're out, then life will be great and you'll just be fine. And like you know, but the reality doesn't play out that way.
0: Yeah, I'm sure not.
1: You know, the way it unfolds is not exactly like ideal.
0: Yeah. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Um, I forgot there was one anyway, but now I'm thinking about how, you know, our whole being contributes to. to to everything, like our whole being contributes for better or worse, you know, to our wisdom, to our creativity, to um, all of that. And I think about how much I've had to learn about where my best thinking happens. It's like on a walk, you know, or when I'm swimming laps, or, you know, we we need all of us doing all sorts of things in order to, like, bring all of our great wisdom and humanity to the room. And I, I was also thinking about how we call, you know, the human stuff, the emotional stuff, it's like messy, Mm -hmm. you know, just how we talk about emotions. They're messy and they're bad. You know, there's negative emotions instead of just distressing emotions, Mm -hmm. um, you know, cans of worms, uh, all of those ways that we take that part of ourselves and cut it out. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do we integrate ourselves and have that be something we appreciate and can be with and Mm -hmm. acknowledge and not make it bad or wrong or dysfunctional or whatever? Mm -hmm. Fill in the blank here for your particular trauma story. I mean, for me, it was irrational. For me to express emotions, I got told I was being hysterical. Uh
1: Uh-huh
0: was being hysterical and unreasonable and irrational mm-hmm. and irresponsible. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like my trauma story, mm-hmm. you know, so as I facilitate it's, that can be running in me depending on how much the situation triggers me. Right. So I feel like I can't, I need to clean that all up if I'm going to be responsible and, you know, put those worms back in the can. And that's mm. going to make me a good facilitator, you know, so it's really taken some, it's really stretching me to be like, I oh, don't know, this is good. Or I start to believe it as like, this is important that we do this. But then I also forget I'm not always being, you know, the my clients sitting there going like, by all means, put the worms back in the can. And I'm like, no, this is great. Look, worms. And they're like, no, no, put it back, put it back. Right. <laughs> you know? I would love to have a whole team go, oh, look, worms, you know. <laughs> let's be with these
1: (laughs) there's a i would imagine that there's a pretty good chance that if you were to encounter that team they 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 wouldn't it wouldn't be because they had hired you you know what i mean exactly right and so i think that's one of the things that's so interesting right is i think that a lot of the times we get brought into places there is actually a longing for this for what what we're talking about here there's like some kind of a longing for it but there's no way to to put a, put words to it. And there's a, uh, there's a deep fear around it. Otherwise, you know, people wouldn't need, I think it's like when we go to therapy, when we, when we break down and we finally go to therapy, there's some part of us that wants to just say the thing that wants to right. acknowledge the thing that we, when we get there, we're freezing. We're like, ah, I don't want to say it, <laughs> you know? And, right. but some part of us wants to, otherwise we never would have walked in that door. And so I think, you know, there's, and it this this all of this points to why I, I do think it's important for those of us who are facilitating and holding space, like, to do this work, you know, to do the work of our own understanding our own trauma stories and to understand our triggering and to understand, you know, I think it's why, I think it's one of the reasons Adrienne Marie Brown in her book Holding Change offers a lot of the questions she does for the um you know if you're going to work with an facilitator a lot of those questions point to like you know can we go there together right you know, really
0: yeah i mean I, I just find myself thinking about how you know doing diversity equity and inclusion work can often be held off to the side as its own mm-hmm. piece of work right mm-hmm. um and i think what we're talking about here is you know the i'm not saying anything about disrupting white supremacy culture at all in a lot of my team engagements and i can see where you know these ways of being together are making it incredibly difficult to be to have well-being mm-hmm. you know to have productivity to have the connection that's needed to do the work and um you know so that gets tricky too because it's not like i'm you know, if I'm in there for team effectiveness or team coaching or leadership development, you know, and I can see these things now, and I'm still trying to figure out. I think you and I are still trying to figure out how. To, what do we do with that? Right when we're, that's not the contract that we have to come in and hey, will you help us be a more effective team by disrupting the characteristics of white supremacy? You know, we'd like to get closer to that work, <laughs> um, for sure. And then. So just holding where we can do this, where it's wanted, where it's not, and where I feel capable and where I don't. So there's just so many. There's so many levels here.
1: Yeah, and I think by actually disrupting next slide culture, we there actually is a disruption to white supremacy culture, right? And yes. it's, even if it's not named directly, and but that doesn't necessarily translate to greater safety for. Uh, you know. Yep. Uh, people of the global majority on your team. Yep. Um, And, and I'm guessing that next slide culture is going to come up really fast for a lot of folks, including us, if, you know, we're not tracking ourselves Um, when rate, when the charge of race enters the room, right? Like right. that's a, that's a place where it, it, this is out of scope. And like, to your, to your point, like you know, this is, we're not, this isn't a DEI engagement. So how can we do that? You know, even though it's right here in the, in the middle and that, if that's the thing, and that was the thing, you know, in, in Aaron's story, we, yeah, I agree. It's his story. We shouldn't retell it, but like what came up in that story was there was something that, you know, uh, had, had a racial charge to it that the white facilitator wasn't tracking, you know? Right. And so she just wanted to move on. And so, It's a, you know, it's a a thing or if we are tracking it and we don't know what to do with it, we're more likely to to next slide, I think.
0: Yeah, it's making me think too, Greg, about what you just said about what the, you know, the safety implications are and the, the harm implications are of, you know, if we, we need to be doing this work so that we can have some chance of being able to make a wise call in the moments, because it isn't just about slowing it down. And I mean, we have to be aware of what we are going to bring into the room or what we might amplify in the room. And not only us, but everyone else in the room and what are they capable of holding. Um, And so just being really thoughtful as we, you know, as we help people be with not only the messy human stuff, but the stuff that brings in the, the charge of race explicitly or implicitly. I mean, just the ways, you know, you and I were in something a few years ago where, you know, assumptions were made about authenticity and, you know, vulnerability and all those things that us white folks have more privilege to be those things, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so really understanding, just understanding how different positionalities, um, you know, relate to, What it means to slow down and be with each other's humanity, and who's safe in that, and who's not, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's the the risk is exponential, Mm -hmm. potentially, depending. So, you know, to be responsible at slowing down next slide culture, there's a lot to be tracking and understanding and holding, and not just, you know, yeah, feels so important.
1: Yeah. So as usual, it it's, it's rife with nuance and complexity. Yep. Yeah. And which are two things that in a lot of ways, our culture, just our general culture isn't great with right now. Right. Like we, right. A lot of things get boiled down to, to, you know, either or type thinking. And, um, this isn't necessarily that, Definitely not. This is what I'm what I'm hearing you the invitation I'm hearing you bring forward.
0: You mean like the either either we do this or we don't? That kind of either yeah, or like, thinking?
1: Like either either you you don't do next slide or you do, right? Like it's like either you're in next slide culture or you're not. And like and like the wisdom of what does it mean to disrupt this from a place of actually is it better for everyone to actually move on and then do a check-in, like check-in with somebody later and see where they're at. Is this team going to uh, like, is something going to implode? Is it going to go sideways if we right. actually do slide down? like that? All those kinds of questions seem like they're actually really important.
0: Very important. Yeah. I think it's the, the classic, yeah. it depends, you know, and right. then it becomes, it depends. What are we able as white bodied facilitators you know what are we able to in those it depends moments we're making assessments i guess you know and that's happening on so many levels so what yeah. do i understand what do i feel what's my capacity what's happening in the room what am i tracking what am i not tracking mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's yeah and as very i hear you talk, i notice in my system i notice like the activation around like the desire for the certainty, the desire for knowing and they, I can feel the way my nervous system is moving, being pulled in the direction of a freeze. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that's, that's my go-to when I don't know. Yeah. When I get overwhelmed. Me too. When, you know, and so that's, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just laughing because it's like, it's so like, there's this part of me that's like, oh, we should have some really, Clear, concise, step-by-step uh, oh. instructions for what to do and how to, you know, disrupt next slide culture and blah blah blah. And I'm imagining that my nervous system is doing what a fair number of people listening's nervous systems would be doing, especially if we put ourselves in a room. And then it becomes extremely scary and. I can feel the part of me that's like well let's then never mind. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Let's avoid this. Let's <laughs> avoid this, you know. And, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I so appreciate that. I feel like maybe they could be coming listeners could be like, "Oh, great. Let's disrupt next slide culture." And now it's like, "Never mind." <laughs> what are you right, guys exactly. saying? Now you've talked me out of disrupting next slide culture entirely. Um right. Oh, good. In some ways our work here is done. No. I mean, that it's just, it's all of those things, right. At, at, it's all of those things at once. And I think for the, what do you want to do? I think it always starts with notice. Where do you notice next slide culture in yourself, you know, and that, that wanting to like move on and not be with, Yeah, just notice that's the starting point yeah see what you notice,
1: yeah, and not turning it against yourself, right you know, as a like as ba- as somehow bad,
0: right. we've been conditioned to not be with our humanity, you know, yeah. stop crying yeah. in some yeah. version or another, right, feel better, yeah oh. <laughs> sounds good in theory. It's good in practice, I find, but it's not comfortable. Yeah. It's not it's yeah, not comfortable. I mean,
1: well, yeah, and comfort is, I mean, you know, everybody's familiar with that meme or that image of the, you know, the like your comfort zone circle, like that little like your comfort zone and then the like where growth happens circle and like the like, oh, yeah, that's right. In order to grow, I need to get uncomfortable. Um, and I think we oftentimes think about that as like, Oh, in order to get stronger, I need to lift weights or oh, in order to I don't know, be more comfortable talking to somebody of the opposite sex or someone I'm attracted to. I need to do that, you know, like but we don't necessarily attribute it to um in order to disrupt systems of oppression. <laughs> I need to like step outside of the conditioning that I've taken in as the way life, the world is. And, um, or I need to process my trauma stories. So I understand the ways in which I'm likely to freeze up and cause harm. Like, you know what I mean? And so that the invitation to discomfort suddenly starts to feel like, at least to me often, like an impossible task.
0: Definitely. And I'm sitting here thinking about how it, being in that discomfort, there is a way in which, not necessarily what's I don't want to say like on the other side because it feels more like the feel better culture, but the more discomfort I can, what I'm learning, the more discomfort that I can be in and hold, and not take it against myself and not make myself a bad bad person, but like oh this is like oh yeah uncomfortable, con- hmm. but there's more possible. There's more. Mm-hmm. joy there's more okay. freedom there's mm-hmm. more ways of being there's more connection there's more laughter so I, I say that because i don't know i guess it's what keeps me going in some ways and sometimes i feel like i'm not allowed to say that in anti-racism and anti-oppression work like it's healing and liberating me mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and And that's true. Mm -hmm.
1: So. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's in a lot of circles, it's frowned upon to speak that way. And it is true at the same time. It's one of those areas of paradox and complexity.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it goes with some of the, you know, you, you will hear people, the global majority say, you know, this, this liberates everybody, you know, yeah. this is a better world for everybody. Yeah. And I can feel that.
1: hundred percent agreed.
0: Yeah. Hard to imagine that world sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It seems mm. like
1: maybe this is a, at a wrap up point. I agree. Yeah. Feeling ourselves mm. slowing down a bit and. Taking it in, and I guess you know. I guess the invitation, maybe, out to a listener would be notice. You know what? You know what? What happens in you when you think about next slide culture? Is that something you you're pulled towards? Is that something that like is there some voice in you that's saying yeah? And like here's all the reasons why it's important to stay on the agenda. Like I I would never say don't ever stay on the agenda.
0: Right. Personally. This isn't like now do this live in next slide culture all the time. Cause now we're in either or thinking.
1: Right. And it's, I think it's a good idea to just notice the place where the resistance comes in. What, whose voice is saying like that it's impossible to get off the agenda. Whose voice right. is it that says every single team effectiveness workshop has to go as planned by you and the team leader, like who, who, who's saying that? Like, and not to say like, to, to just dis, like dismiss that, but just like who, whose voice is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. And is it, you know, maybe it's worth actually spending some time with that. Yeah. And seeing what, what, what comes out of that inquiry.
0: Exactly. Productivity and agenda are not linked. Ooh,
1: Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as we wind down here, I think, um, this will be posted after our workshops have been completed and we really enjoyed those. There'll be more. And I know Shannon and I are cooking up some other stuff for people, um, that are interested in being in these conversations that maybe take them a little deeper. Yep. Yeah.
0: Create more community, like bring love to bring you folks who are listening together and meet you and hear your questions and have community.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so end all the end of podcast stuff. Uh, please reach out with your questions and your concerns and your reflections, your feedback. Uh, you can reach Greg or Shannon at connectionworks.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, a review would be wonderful. Uh, just takes a couple of minutes to pop into your podcast app and drop in a review,
0: share it with some friends, some colleagues have a discussion, yeah. drop it into a community of practice.
1: Yep. And let us know if there's any way we can help. Always happy to engage in conversations and um, support folks where we can. So I think Indeed.
0: that's it. I think that's it.
1: Great. Thanks Shannon. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll, yeah. Uh, chat next time.
0: Till next time. Bye. Right.
1: Bye.